Here comes the money is right, guys. NHL free agency is here, and man, was there a lot of money spent today. $336 million in salary was spent in the first hour alone of free agency. 30-plus signings in 75 minutes. Um, thoughts on this? It's been pretty crazy. How you guys doing, man? Man, my phone was just blowing up as soon as noon struck. It's crazy. I think right now they're over $475 million in total for the day. Like, I never would have expected that. That's a shit ton of money, to put it like plain terms. Like, I'm still shocked at how much money is being spent. It just goes to show for all the complaining that the teams make about the cap and the players about the cap. It's all meaningless because in the end, everybody's going to get their money somehow. Well, there's some guys that got a lot more than I think they should have too. I mean, we'll get into that part a bit later. But on the home front here, the Toronto Maple Leafs were pretty quiet today. Nothing's happening, just a lot of rumors floating around. Um... You think you guys think they're going to make a move at all? Um, I actually think they might make a small move today. I think there's still a couple guys out there who could intrigue them, but not any any big names. I don't see them really going over maybe four years max. But I mean, not really. Not I wasn't really expecting anything from today. What about you, Dave? You think they'll make a move? I think they'll make a small move, but from what it looks like, some of the guys that they're interested in, other teams are willing to overpay for. Uh, so if I'm the least, you just kind of sit back. You're not; they're not pressured in like that pressure situation to make a big deal. So I just sit back, let other teams make some dumb mistakes that we've already been seeing. So uh, they, they they seem okay sitting back after what happened with uh, the Steven Stanko situation and all that. Uh, I don't even want to talk about the Stamkos thing, man. What was it like? How disheartening was that for you guys? Uh, it was it was pretty brutal. I mean, I guess it's good that they got it over with, but that was the last place I wanted it to go. That or but them or Buffalo. I would have rather seen them go to Detroit personally than go to Tampa. Really? How come? I don't know. I just I like spreading the wealth around the league. I think they're just gonna have an absolute powerhouse team down there, especially after the deal that they got with. With Victor Hedman and how he's basically paid as much as Milan Lucic, which is an atrocity, and yeah, and just makes me think that they're going to keep every guy and they'll probably win in the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, well, the easiest part was that all the all the other stuff that happened before the Sam Coast trade happened kind of made it a little bit kind of softened the blow a bit just because it wasn't as much of a surprise when uh, the announcement happened. It's tough. It's tough that the Leafs couldn't get it done, but, I mean, it looked like it was going to be nearly impossible. It didn't seem like Stamkos was really, really willing to leave Tampa unless he kind of had this feeling that other things were going to fall into place after he signed. So I can get over it, I think, uh, just because there was no guarantee and it's not like the Leafs were, like, unanimously favored to get him. So the Leafs missed out big time. It's just, just the situation didn't work for the Leafs. I think another thing uh, with that move is that it definitely goes to show those people that ever thought we were going to take Patrick Laine, that's why you draft centermen, because they were banking on us getting Stamkos if we were going to take Laine. So, so glad we never did anything like that. How crazy was that 30 to 45 minutes, though? I mean, the trades just came – you got Taylor Hall to New Jersey. Then you had P.K. Subban for Shea Weber, which came out of left field. Then the whole Stamkos announcement, 
can you guys remember a time that's been like that in hockey? In like hockey history alone, for free agency or trades or anything, it just all happened at once. No, I mean I've I've never seen three superstar players move within thirty minutes, or four, four actually. One stayed the same place, but I mean it still counted as a big news story. But I mean it, it was insane. I think they were also two of the worst deals I've ever seen in my life in terms of of value changing hands. It really put into perspective where some teams are going, and uh, I mean, it, it makes no sense for me. But hey, what do I know? Well, in about forty minutes, all the Canadian teams got—I don't want to say they got worse, but they just pretty much stayed the same or got worse. And I felt like that was the biggest kick in the nuts of it all. I, I still think the biggest loser in all this is Rogers, because yeah. you lost one of the most marketable stars in Canada, other than Connor McDavid and PK Subban. Taylor Hall. I'm still waiting for the Orioles to get something else for Taylor Hall. Like that, that deal is flat out robbery. I know people are saying Larson's very underrated, but he's not a Taylor Hall type of player. And just like I mean, and then the Leafs thing. Like Rogers would have loved that the Leafs got uh, Stephen Santos. They probably wanted to pay him a lot of money to do so as well. So I think Canadian TV TV numbers are going to take a hit too in that regard because. I mean, Shea Weber, as good as he is, he's not a marketable star like uh, Shea Weber. And, you know, the Oilers technically just got really unpopular with the moves they just made, even though they have Conor McDavis still. So that that's also another another thing that people aren't considering right now. Dave, I've watched Adam Larson since he got drafted. He plays in my neck of the woods, New Jersey. He's a good player. I mean, I think it really helped him when Peter DeBoer left and, and they added John Hines. Um, and even when he got fired midway through the year, he's really started to pick it up. It took him a couple of years to come into his own, but I mean, he became, in my opinion, an, an elite number three defenseman. So a guy that on a really good team would be a really, really good player. So if he was on the Blackhawks, think of like a Brent Seabrook, but a little less offensive, uh, offensively challenged, a little more offensively challenged, sorry. And, just think of that type of impact. I mean, he, he's a good skater. He's not that good offensively. He's a good shot blocker, good shutdown defenseman. Really good number three player, but he's not worth, in my opinion, one of the top five wingers in all of the NHL. I think, like, I'm not doubting what Adam Larson is. Like, New Jersey's always been a good defensive team. It's just Taylor Hall is a top left winger in the league, one of the top, one of the best wingers in the league, as we've seen over the last few years in terms of scoring. I know that there are some concerns about the way he played in other areas of the game, but I, I think when you have a guy like him, you kind of brush those things aside because of how good he is in, other, in his scoring. Maybe he was the only guy they could move, though. I mean... Teams didn't seem very inclined to take an Eberle or Nugent Hopkins, so... Oh, I, that's the only, only, it was the only that. person that I would ask for. Him or Dreisaitl are the yeah. only ones I'd ask for. I don't want Eberle because, I mean, the guy's pretty useless on the defensive end. He's a one-trick pony who has got a pretty good shot, but he needs to play with on a top line to be a point producer. He's not a guy that can create his own shot or anything along those lines. And then Ryan Nugent Hopkins, the guy's basically made of glass. He's like 170 pounds. Gumby. Gumby. Got the body frame of Gumby. Everly and Nugent Hopkins are made of the same glass, if you want to put it that way. I mean, at least least he plays, but R&H has had issues with his shoulder, his hand. Uh, Didn't he have like a leg issue or something? 
He's just had a lot of tough everything. Things. Yeah. It's While Taylor great. Hall's a legitimate game breaker. I mean, yep. Ray Shiro, I still don't know why he got fired from Pittsburgh. I mean, it worked out for them great, but it's their loss and it's New Jersey's gain because, you know, I think he's going to put this team back on the on the right path. I totally agree with you. Um, circle back to the Leafs here, though, before we get too far off track. We'll get back to talking about free agency and other teams and moves they've made in a bit. But the Leafs, I mean, they may have been quiet, but there's some former players they've had that went some went to new places today. So Jonas Gustafsson went to Edmonton, the monster, one year, 800K. Kudos to him for staying in the league still. James Reimer to Florida, I think all of us would agree that was the biggest surprise. Stuart Percy, one year to Pittsburgh. Sean Matthias, not Austin Matthews. I know, Jake, you thought it was him in a text when we were all talking, so thank God it's not him. Yeah. Two years to Winnipeg. Um, Michael Grabner to the Rangers, two years. And Curtis Joseph joined the Carolina Hurricanes as a goaltending consultant. Thoughts on any of those moves, guys? I think Reimer's the most you know, prominent one to talk about. Yeah, that one was definitely the most surprise to me, just because I never would have thought Florida would be the spot for him. I mean... I can't believe he got five years. I mean, Florida gave him five years, and he's getting 3.4. So it's, it's it's kind of a puzzling move because I still don't know what exactly his role is going to be. I know Luongo's recovering from a hip injury, so looks like Reimer is going to get some playing time. But just down the road, what this means for the Florida Panthers, does this mean they're preparing for Luongo to be making his exit, and Reimer's the guy that's going to be taking over for them? Um, I'm happy for Reimer. I mean... Leafs fans are probably happy for him just because now he's got more security of what his long-term future looks like. But it, it was a little puzzling just because, I mean, now Luong was dealing with another 1A, 1B sort of situation. Because I thought it was actually a nice deal for Florida. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a nice deal. But, I mean, 3.4 over five years, I mean, what exactly are they projecting Reimer to be for them moving forward with Luongo there already? That's the question I have. I mean, Roberto Luago is also, what, 36? I think he's 36. Uh, I feel like that's right. Look that up. He is pretty old, though. I know he's mid-30s for he's sure. He's 37. Wow, okay. Yeah. So, so there you go. I mean, in, in terms of, like, yeah, he's he's getting old up there, but his contract is not exactly – You've already we've already heard it so many times, his contract's not exactly the oh, easiest nice. to deal with. So – I mean, he's not going to be getting paid a lot in the last few years. That's probably where maybe the money makes sense. But the and cap hill will be by. I, I don't know how they're going to be spending Florida. I mean, maybe they're a team that is like Arizona, and they just they can deal with high cap hits if it's low amount of cash. But, I mean, I think based on who their owner is, the guy's pretty wealthy, and I think he said that he's willing to spend in the cap. So, I mean, I guess that's nice, but I, I don't know where their cap situation is. But... I didn't think it was too too bad a deal for for Reimer. I mean, I didn't get the fit personally. I thought yeah. he would have gone to a team like Dallas or or Nashville as a backup or something. But uh, I thought even Buffalo or Ottawa would be two teams. I know somebody mentioned that uh, on Twitter, the tip of the tower account. They said Buffalo or Ottawa might be an option. I was like, uh, maybe if Ottawa parted ways with Anderson. Well, I don't think them parting away with Anderson because he's he's still he's still got some good hockey left them. But yeah, it, yeah, the thing with Ryan was never the in terms of the money and the and the term. It was just the fit. But um, I, I think uh, one other thing that Florida has been doing is they've shed us some salary recently. I mean, with Kulikov being traded and Gabranson being traded, so. They have, well, they added salary, too, today well, with the Ekblad signing. Well, that that won't even kick in until next year. But yeah, that's like a long-term yeah. thing. 
Um, they, they're, they're probably seeing that as they're getting a good deal for Xblad moving forward, not having to pay him maybe more than that later. I mean, we're just seeing now that, you know, when you got a good elite defenseman, you want to get them locked up, as we just saw with uh, the Lightning and Victor Hedman. So, I mean, Reimer's going to probably do well in Florida, less pressure on him to in that market, but we'll see what happens. It's going to be a, could be a good fresh start for him. Also just off topic is Lee Stepniak signed for two years, 5 million with Carolina. With Carolina. Okay. So there's a guy off the Leafs list who they were supposed to be interested in. I, I just, so I just don't see like how many of these guys, like I know the Leafs, it's just cause they seem like cheap guys. The Leafs can go after, but how many of them, how many of them can just probably just go to, like, I mean, how long, if you're looking at it in terms of Carolina versus Toronto, which one's probably moving forward faster? I think Carolina's Carolina kind of, probably. Yeah, Carolina's a good team. Yeah, they are. Their defense, we were talking, I think we were talking about this off uh, before we were recording, like, they, were, they got a pretty good defense. They, all the players that they picked up. And they're young. They got, young. They got my buddy down there, Brett Pesci. They got... Hannafin, uh, Jacob Slavin. Um, Justin Falk, man. Falk. Come on, you can't forget Falk. him. Yeah, exactly. He's got a huge clapper. Ryan, Ryan Murphy. Uh, yeah. Who else? they got a couple like other Hayden guys. Flurry. Hayden got, Flurry, yeah. yeah. Forgot about and him, And they too, just yeah. added Jake Bean in the draft. Yeah. Well, uh, apparently the Oilers were going after Falk. That's what they, someone was saying. that they wanted. Oilers? Yeah, the Oilers wanted Falk, but they said no. Yeah, I, I yeah. feel like, like unless Hall's just coming back, I know. Yeah, I mean like people, they're just picking out D and like the Oilers, link them to the it's Oilers. Just like just it's rumors. just like the Oilers are in on Victor Hedman. They've offered yeah. <laughs> Jordan Everly and uh, Andre Andre uh, Sakara. <laughs> what are you thinking? I don't know. Well, it's funny because the Leafs need a defenseman too. I, I agree, but they actually have something to offer. Edmonton. The only thing that interests me that Edmonton has. Outside of Connor McDavid is Leon Dreisaitl and their first-round picks. That's the only thing I would want. Yeah. But that is Darnell Nurse. That's the only thing. But they're obviously not dealing Nurse, and they're not dealing Dreisaitl. And they're definitely – I would never trade a first if I were them because it's probably no. going to be first overall. <laughs> You'll butter, basically. I mean, Craig Button said it today. I mean, everybody was saying, oh, it's a nice ad to get Lucic, and he's just like, but they still have no defensemen. So, I mean, I I actually think they're worse today than they were with Hall and and not even having Larson. Yeah, I don't understand how they got better. No. When you look at the Leafs, though, with them needing a defenseman, a lot of talk around there is they could trade JVR and go get a guy like a Shattenkirk. You see a lot linked to him. I know he's a UFA to be. Or they could go the other route and pursue a guy like Jason Demers or Chris Russell. Do you guys think they should pursue a guy like Chris Russell or Demers if the cost is right? I mean, I think we're all fans of Demers. I mean, obviously what we just saw with uh, Chris Russell in Montreal potentially getting five years and $30 million, that seems pretty bad. But, I mean, I don't know what Demers could cost, but if he can check in around maybe $5 million a year over four years, say $20 million, I would definitely do that. I think he's he's the superior player to to uh, Russell in terms of offensive and even defensively, and I think he'd fit right in playing next to Morgan Riley, and, or even Zaitsev. You were saying Zaitsev yeah, would be a good yeah, partner. Zaitsev also. I mean, I, I think you just need a guy that can skate. I mean, we're lucky to have 
Riley and also Gardner, both guys who are really good skaters. So I think any of those guys have good foot speed. Even Chris Russell does, but I'd rather have a guy with more of an offensively rounded game. And if Montreal throws him $30 million over five years, that's one less team that's in on Demers. But in terms of a trade, I don't know if I, I think I would only deal JVR if I'm getting a, a younger player back. I, I mean, I like Shattenkirk, but I would maybe deal some prospects for him. I wouldn't want to deal JVR for a, a 28-year-old defenseman, even though I do like him a lot. I'd prefer like a Cam Fowler to be honest instead of Shattenkirk. But... Uh, like you would, if you're trading JVR to a team, you're trading him to like an Anaheim that have like a Sam. Well, I mean, Batman, they just uh, resigned, so he's staying there. But they have way more to offer than yep. say a Shattenkirk, where he's a UFA. I can't remember who else they were. I think that was kind of the bigger turn that everyone was talking about because St. Louis needs goal scoring. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as Jake said, like, the the only free agent I would be looking at if I'm the least is either Russell's or Demers. Um, from what we're hearing is Aunt Montreal's willing to overpay to over <laughs> to try to replace that, that void that P.K. Subban has now left, even though Shea Weber. Uh, but, you know, getting Chris Russell would have to only make sense if they're not paying a lot in terms of dollars. I mean, he's going to want term. These defensemen all want term. Demers is probably going to want term, especially because he's a right-handed shot defenseman. He probably seems to make more sense because he can play in the top four, take some pressure off of Riley and Gardner, because as much as people say we have all this, all these young players, you can't just throw them into the fire. You need someone to give them, you know, I'm not saying to hold their hand, but just to kind of ease the pressure off of them. That's why the Stamkos thing, people are saying at least he can take some of the pressure off of Nylander, Marner, Matthews while they're developing. So that's why I think the Leafs need to do is they just need to find players that are going to help help fill the voids and help m- make the transition easier for these younger players. Kind of like a stopgap guy, I guess you could say. Exactly. Like, Roman Polak did that to a certain degree. I mean, he wasn't the most talented player, but he at least took some of that pressure off of their other defensemen when he was here. That's where I think, like, the Roman Polak made sense. The Stefan Robodot didn't make sense because the guy couldn't see on the ice. He's banished. Yeah. So, like, I would want a guy who's not in his late 30s or mid-30s. I want somebody who's kind of late tw- late 20s or early 30s, like someone who's uh, years left. The only guy that I was okay with that was in his mid-30s that, if they signed, I'd be perfectly fine with, was uh, Dan Hamhuis. Yeah. But as you saw, Dan Hamhuis wants to win a cup now. And I don't blame him. Yeah, so going to going to Dallas made made sense for Hamies because he was rumored to be wanting to go there or Chicago, but Chicago decided to go with Brian Campbell, who signed a pretty reasonable deal there as well. Yeah, it was, man, that actually was a pretty good deal they signed. Yeah, I mean, he, any Fords the Leafs will go after? You think? Pardon me. Sorry. Any Fords you guys think the Leafs will pursue? Uh, it, that's. It's tough to say. I mean, there's not... Somebody was saying that the Leafs should go after Mikhail Bodker. I don't... Yeah, I've seen that a lot. That was probably me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think he fits... I don't think he fits what they want to do in terms of their puck possession and all that stuff. He wasn't really great with that, especially when he moved to Colorado. Um, I mean, if you're looking at... The Leafs have these contracts going into next season, like like McCulloch. I mean, I don't think Greening's going to be playing a big role, but... They don't. They're not necessarily pressed to get fours. Maybe they want to make a couple of upgrades, but maybe they're just ready to have some of these younger players take a bigger step next year. And I think, got- I think one of the players that really made sense for me 
uh, a lot was uh, Brandon Peary on the Ducks. I mean, I think I, I think he's going to get almost nothing in terms of sell. I think he'll get around two, maybe two point five million. I think he's young too. I think he's like twenty six or something. I think that would be a really good signing for them. But um, I mean, outside of that, guys that I think that are still available that'd be decent would be Matt Martin. I liked him with the with the Islanders. I don't know what he's looking for. Um, obviously, uh, Jimmy Vesey's number one on the list, but he'll be he'll be available in a month from now. We'll be able to talk talk about him then. But I mean, outside of that. Maybe some lower end guys that either had a down year, uh, maybe like Lori Korpakoski, a guy that has speed, but nothing really big. I don't see them being in on guys like Mikel Bodker, even though I think it would be a pretty decent signing because he's a young guy. Like one, actually, one other player I forgot to mention was uh, James Wisniewski. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about All him. All right, well. yeah. Kicked the tires. He bought out right-handed shot defenseman. The Leafs were apparently trying to kick the tires on him. Maybe he's trying to look for something that's not that's a little more stable. A couple of years, maybe the Leafs are just wanting to give him a shot with a maybe a one or two year deal. Maybe he wants more, but uh, I mean that that's another guy. But yeah, as you're saying, Jake, there are a lot of options out there. It's just whether or not the fit works, and just what the Leafs are trying to do or what the Leafs have moving forward. Uh, especially with all these young players that they're expecting to bring up, all these contracts still left on the salary cap. Their salary cap situation is not exactly perfect either going into next season. After it's, next season, it's not it. as it's not as bad as people think, though. No, it's not that bad, but it's not great for this season. Which no. maybe, which maybe like they're not. They can they can get away with maybe this year their salary cap is not in a great situation, but moving forward. That's where they're trying to, I guess, make the decision on some of these free agents. Yeah. Also, just a quick thing to get off topic here. Uh, Nick Kiprios, right, the holdup on Chris Russell is that if clubs like the Canadians, Leafs, or Canucks will go six years, but the ballpark is $5 million AAV, which for me is a 100% no-go. No. Yeah, no way. Not a chance of winning on that. Yeah, I, like, I mean, I know the Leafs just got a number one goalie and they gave him five years right off the bat in Frederick Anderson, but Chris Russell is not a type of guy where I'm going to be willing to go hands and knees to give him six years. He was he was traded away from Calgary for basically nothing to Dallas. It's not like he was a highly coveted defenseman, in my opinion. Yeah. They did get a first for him, though. I mean, so that tells you what some execs think of him. Oh, Russell? Or a second, second sorry. Second, second. Second. Yeah, sorry, because they didn't get to the Western Conference Finals. Also, but, Mike, I mean, Mike Johnson, uh, just a note on Jason Amers, says he had really positive possession numbers and was 34th in the league in even strength points by a defenseman last year. So I think that is still the number one target. He should have plenty of suitors, but uh, I think the Leafs should be one of those teams. You know, with the Leafs being so analytically inclined now, I feel like, do you guys feel like that they're going to take players that fit the metrics more so than what may fit the eye test on the ice? I think they'll do that in terms of depth signings, guys where um, if he's available, like James Wisniewski, who's a, a really, he's a metric star. I mean, if yeah. you look at him, people love him on the internet and analytics people do. I mean, I think that's a guy where the Leafs would offer him one year, three million, two to three million. He also had pretty bad injuries, didn't he? Tear his ACL this past year, I'm pretty sure, which is a really, yeah, really rough injury to come back from. But, um, I mean, just guys like that, 
guys like they did last year when they they signed PA Parento and he had a great year. I think I think this year's going to be pretty much similar to last year, but they'll be slightly better uh, in that they're still looking to sign guys to one-year deals that will kind of like help the younger guys come in and play, but not take away their roles. But when the trade deadline comes, they can deal them and, and get things in, in return because I don't think. Uh, for as many Leafs fans as think that Matthews was just like one of the final pieces, I think they're still going to get a top five pick next year. So, I mean, I wouldn't expect major progress uh, next year. I would probably just uh, kind of go off the topic with the Leafs. Apparently, Chris Johnson saying uh, Andre Vasilevsky just signed three years, $3.5 million contracts, I think $3.5 million per year. The Lightning. Yeah, wow. So, Bishop's got one more season at what I think six mil. Yeah. So that that would mean you know he's gone. Yeah. Or at the very least he'll be a target for the expansion team, and then he'll get paid big bucks in Vegas. <sighs> Jeez, I mean it's like yeah, that'd be tough to sign a thirty-year-old goal. Any, I don't really like throwing thirty-year-olds that significant amount of money, but I mean goalies I think have a longer shelf life than players do. So. Yeah, I could buy that. Also, Joe, Joe Colburn to Colorado, and a pretty nice deal, I think. Yeah, it's a pretty good signing, actually. It is a good signing because Colorado doesn't really have much depth at the center position, other than like like lower in, in terms of their lower depth. So it does make sense there, and he has good size for them, which they don't really have. Um, but one thing, one thing I will mention about the Tampa Bay Lightning in terms of the way their organization is being run right now, I would just love if Leafs can have a situation like this where players are willing to kind of come together and take less money, you know, the Leafs could pay them all the money they want and make the situation work so they can be a contending team moving forward. Obviously, the Leafs have more flexibility now with these younger players and their entry-level contracts, but hopefully when it gets to this point where everyone's saying, oh, what's going to happen with Tampa? And now everything seems to be rectified just because it looks like Stephen Eisenman is like the most brilliant GM out there. Yeah. Like, I, I hope the Leafs get to the situation. And I, th- I think it. I think uh, honestly, it's pretty wishful thinking, Dave. Um, just just by looking at it, they're in such a unique position in terms of no stay income tax, in that it kind of like equates to more money anywhere else. In a, in that respect, you kind of feel bad for Chicago, in that I guarantee that those players would do that if there were no state income tax in Illinois. But I mean, because there is. Um, that actually it's high there too. It is. I mean, I think Ontario is some of the worst. I think California and then New York and Illinois are all really bad too. I mean, they're really nice states, so it makes sense. But I mean, I think that's a unique situation. I can't see guys with taxes being fifty-one percent in Ontario. I believe taking that much less to sign here. But hey, you never know. Yeah, it's just a killer. I mean, I, I don't think us Canadians realize. I mean, for me, I don't pay you know taxes that much yet. I mean, I didn't make that much off my income tax, but I still live at homes with my parents, so I can only imagine how much it would be for a guy who's making close to five to seven million dollars a year. Well, they were saying that if Stamkos was to sign for like eleven to twelve million, let's say, that after everything, all the taxes and all that, he'd be looking at maybe five and change, five and mil change he'd take home. Yep. That's not that great. Whereas in Tampa, if he signed for the same amount, we know he didn't now. But if he did, he would have been walking home with almost seven mil. Well, and, and now it's a big difference. I think yeah. that's why 
had that big pitch with the, the president of Canadian Tire there to give him some endorsements. That way he would be making a little more money. That's, that's the only reason why I saw that, that sort of presentation happen for Samco. So. In, in the end, it just made too much sense. I mean, yeah. especially with them getting Headman back at that number. And looks like they'll be able to keep their whole team after buying out Matt Carl and probably yeah. going to trade away Bishop. Uh, I mean, they're just they're going to be a force. I, I see them probably getting back to the Stanley Cup final next year. Yep, I totally agree with you. I think that they'll be right back there again, and with the for the next Stamp. three years, they'll be close. Yeah, with a healthy Stamkos. Yeah, I mean, the, they got some issues with like Tyler Johnson's coming up as an RFA. They still got to bring back Kucherov. There, there's some key pieces that still have to come back, but for the most part, this team looks to be in great shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that that's that's obviously what every organization should strive to be. I mean, Jeff Vinnick is a really really rich man, and he's a very generous man as well. I mean, built up. The whole city of Tampa Bay, basically building, rebuilding the, I guess, Emily Arena now, and and rebuilding the downtown core of Tampa. I mean, the Leafs are lucky to have really rich ownership who are are able to do stuff like that. But I mean, it's really unique to have an owner like that. I mean, I think Buffalo has that in Terry Pagula, and, yep. and you know, it's just really rare to see a guy try and really make a difference within that city. And I think they're going to become really embraced even more so than they are now and should be what looks to be a really, really high quality hockey market moving forward. I think the, I think the Sunbelt thing has kind of died for them. They look like they're here to stay. Um, I don't know if we're going to be talking about the whole Paul Bissonnette situation. Yeah. Bring that up. I thought that was awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you always look for some sort of like TSN is always looking for like the funny story for the day. This has to be the best one. Like, Paul Bissonnette, well, after all this money is being spent, sends a, a little DM to uh, Brendan Shanahan, <laughs> and he's basically looking for a job. Did you uh, also an added, uh, added, I got breaking news, that he got uh, a message from Evgeny Malkin, and he writes, <laughs> Gino, talk to Jim, let's get the big three back together, me, you, and Sid, just like old times. Where Malkin <laughs> responds, you too expensive. <laughs> that's awesome and he responds I'll take the league minimum Gino I'll take care of your cat when you guys are on the road I'll learn how to cook borshka I know that's your favorite that and salt in your apple, ju- apple juice which I never understood <laughs> that is actually so, phenomenal I mean, I've always loved Biz Nasty uh, I think he's just a, just a character and even to have somebody just sitting sitting in the press box I think he's a great locker room guy, and I think oh. it would be a no-risk, no-reward kind of signing, but it would be fun, definitely, to cover him. Yeah, he his message to Brandon Shannon would just simply read, please. <laughs> <laughs> it just said, please. I mean, I, mean, I can't get better than that. I, 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 would, I would just love for that to happen. I Even just a tryout. I'm not even asking for the leases. I'll just give him a tryout. A PTO would be awesome. They could make a lot of money off of that, too, probably. Yeah, I mean, it would give... The guy, it's not like the guy is absolutely terrible. Like, he's not like Colton Orr or Fraser McLaren bad. Fraser McLaren, oh my god, I can't believe I just heard that name. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I've been, we've been, us Leafs fans have been to the ringer way too much the last few years, so. Yeah, I'll say. To get back into free agency, who was the biggest surprise for you guys? I think we should just kind of like take it off the rails here. Biggest surprise, best and worst signing, and then close it out. Who was the biggest surprise? Mine had to be David Backus going to Boston. For that, for the fact that he's getting six million dollars a year, and 
I'm like, where is he going to play? Is he going to play on the wing or is he going to play center? Five, five years, Dave. He's 32. Yeah. I now you know why St. Louis didn't want him back. Like, that that had to be... I, everyone's talking about the Lucci signing. At least he's going to be playing with Connor McDavid, who's going to kind of make him look better. But David Backus, where is he going to play? Is he like he's a centerman, and you've already got third line. Yeah, Krejci, Bergeron, or let's say Bergeron, Krejci, Backus. That's eight, almost eighteen mil. I think they're all making around six. And it's they like, got to resign Marshan too. Yep. Yeah, I think that makes Krejci expendable, to be honest. Yeah, I, I don't know. Anyway, I don't I think, know if I would deal him, but. Krejci's yeah, got too much injury problems that he's I don't got know. the wrist. He's got the wrist issues among other things. It's just his cap number. It's huge, right? So I feel like add that with the injuries, and he's going to be somebody that will become a, a hot name in trade rumors. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, Bacchus was one, and I think the other one that takes takes the cake to is uh, Alexander Radulov going to Montreal. Oh yeah, yeah he stole that one from Montreal. Me. Didn't spend a lot on his a term just. It's a move that made zero sense. Like I know he's he's technically a talented player, but he's because Montreal basically everyone's talking about how the fit in the room wasn't right. Why is that all of a sudden Radulov a fit for Montreal? PK Subban wasn't. I I, I mean I, I just it makes no sense. I I don't see any direction from their front office. I I think the the future of the Montreal Canadiens is not in the front office or in the head coaching position right now. I think these guys have no idea what they're doing. I agree. I feel like they're just going to be stuck on that treadmill of mediocrity where they're just every year going to be, you know, first, second round, oh, we're one piece away, when really they're like four pieces away, and they're just not as good as they think they are. Yeah, I mean, I, I am on record saying that they should trade Price and and try and get someone else, but I don't know with these moves. It looks like they're... They're trying to catch lightning in a bottle and maybe go deep. I mean, I think they're a playoff team next year. I, For my instant reaction of how bad that Weber trade was, I think it's not going to be a big difference for the next two years. The next yeah. eight years after that, it's a different story. But, I mean... Well, think of it this way. They traded P.K. Subban's years of 27 to 32 in age for Shea Weber's age of 32 to 40 years. Like, how does that make any sense? Yeah, that's it's pretty bad. Who was the best signing of the day so far? For me, it's Franz Nielsen. Either Franz Nielsen or, or Dan Hamhuis. I mean, I've uh, gotten the chance to watch Franz Nielsen uh, with the Islanders. I think he's a very underrated player. I think he's a perfect Detroit Red Wing. He, he reminds me of a less offensively inclined um, uh, Henrik Zetterberg, actually. I mean, I think he's a really good penalty killer, two-way guy with really good hands, excellent in the shootouts. I think I think he'll fit right down the middle, uh, right behind uh, Zetterberg. Maybe can play with a guy like a Dylan Larkin because he's got good speed. Yep. Uh, he's great in the dot too. Yeah, exactly. And also uh, Dan Hamhus, I love that signing for them. Uh, I thought getting him for what was it, three point two five or three point five, was a steal. I mean, this is a guy that that just recently won a gold medal with Canada in twenty fourteen. <laughs> so he's. He's still a really good player. He just had a bad season with the terrible Canucks team. And I, I think getting him for nothing when they almost gave up a first for him was, was a really good value. Dave, who do you think is the best signing of the day so far? I, I think Dan Hamhew's going to Dallas because I think they got way below market value for him. Um, Brian Campbell going to call to Chicago is a good signing for them, but I think Hamhew's brings a little bit more to Dallas now that they've 
they, they essentially got rid of Goligoski and they replaced him with Ham Hughes, and I think that was a that was a good deal for them. So I think it would be damn Ham Hughes for sure. I think another one that we haven't mentioned, but we talked about off the air, was David Perron. He went back to St. Louis at a pretty pretty team friendly deal there, two years, three point seven five mil. I thought that was a pretty good deal as well. And I think the best one, I know it doesn't really count, it's an extension, but without question, it's Victor Hedman. That eight-year extension at 7.8 mil a season, that's, can't beat that. Yeah, it's just the, the tax man has gotten a lot of, uh, taken a lot of bad beats today with uh, them staying in, in uh, Florida, so not being able to tax that. But uh, for what they lose, the Tampa Bay gains. I mean, him getting as much as Milan Lucic is, is almost criminal. Is Milan Lucic not the worst signing of the day? Him and Andrew Ladd? I, do think, you guys have I think Andrew Ladd is worse because he's three years older, and yeah. they basically got the same money, if I'm correct. But I, they're both bad. I think Ladd's is worse. But I think, I think Ladd has more longevity than, uh, than Lucic. So, I, I mean, I think they'll fall off around the same age. Oh, I can't believe they just they did that. <laughs> I mean, they, they like had this thing in mind where that they were going to trade Hall and, and get Larson and Pugliarvi and Lucic, and, like, that's just not how it works. I mean, I've had that read to me, and I thought it was ridiculous. I mean, they're they're moving backwards again, guys. I, I don't see any way around it. I don't see how the Oilers are a better team. When did they ever move forward? <laughs> I mean, you thought you thought they were when they finally dealt someone from – from the past regime, but then they they just replaced all that cap space with instead of getting a Jason Demers, they got a Milan Lucic for way too much yeah. money. Yeah, I've seen their justification of saying, you know, we've seen what happens when we don't do anything, so now we're going to see what happens when we do something. It's like, fuck, how does that make it any better? Uh, yeah. One one other signing I want to bring up that I forgot was the Eric Stahl one to Minnesota for three years. I know he's he's kind of fallen like. Hit, He's not exactly the same player he used to be, but at $3.5 million per year, I think that's a pretty lowest move for Minnesota if he plays with the right people. I think yeah, I feel like that's a pretty good deal, especially too. Especially with Bruce Boudreau now taking over, I think that would be a good move for Stahl. I still think there's, I still think there's something there with him. I, I just think, you know, the right, it wasn't a right fit in New York when he got traded there, and I think Carolina was kind of on the down when they, when they had him. So I think, they, I think this could be a good fresh start for him. Yep, I thought so too. I thought he had a lot more to give. I mean, I thought it was kind of unfair of him getting to go to to New York and having to be that guy that put them over the top, and they just aren't good enough. But I think he'll do he'll do fine in in Minnesota. I'm also looking at this Blue Jays game right now, and how many of these balls are being called strikes? And it's terrible. It's actually frustrating to watch. I was oh here we go. Oh, it's caught. I was about to say I was about to say that's terrible. This guy's awful. I know we, I know we like to talk. I know we're mostly talking hockey, but like this, this Jays team is getting. They're, they're, this is one nothing lead for Cleveland should not be one nothing. The Jays are getting pretty shafted right now. Getting hosed today, man. It's been not good. And then, you know, we'll all, we'll all come back and do a Jays podcast. Yeah, well, yeah, I can do that. Uh, I think on that note, then, you know, cash rules everything around the NHL today. Clearly, let's wrap this up and get out of here, guys. Yep, yeah, sounds good with me. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. As always, you can follow us on Tip of the Tower. You can like our Facebook page as well, at Tip of the Tower. You can follow myself on Twitter, at Chris O'Kranitz. You can follow Jake, at Jake Middleton 12 You can follow David Morissuti, at D underscore Morissuti. 
And it, always subscribe to the show on iTunes, guys. Um, thanks for listening. Hopefully, at least do something in free agency. If not, enjoy watching these teams spend money hand over fist. Happy Take Canada Day, also. Happy Canada Day as well. I can't believe I forgot that. Happy 149th birthday, Canada. Take care, guys.